तद्धर्म संस्थापक लोकानितुवने मन सद्धर्म संस्थापक लोकानितुवने मन शरण्याकर राधा कृष्ण पदारमिन्न भजनानंदे ृष्णचैतन्यनंद सहोदित गुरुदाय पुष्पितमुनो वंदेहम श्रीरामकृष्ण अभाय चरण सुख सुखदो परमानंदो सुंदरो सुबल प्रिय हे कृष्णा करुण सिंधु दीनबंधु जगतपथे गोपीशा गोपी कांत राधा कांत नमोस्तुदे तप्त कंचन गुरंगी राधे वृंदावनेश्वरी विश्वभानु सुते देवी प्रणमा हरि प्रिय Glorious devotees, Sri Gaudiya Vaishnava Guru Parampara Ki Jai, Sri Jiva Goswami Ki Jai, Sri Satsandarbhas Ki Jai. So we continue within the dis- our discussion on the fourfold army of the Parivas Sutra from the Sri Krishna Sandarbha. We will continue today where we left off in our last discussion. 
again, reminded that uh, this entire Sandarbha is centered on this one pada, Krishna's two Bhagavan Swayam, from the Srimad Bhagavatam's third chapter, 28th verse. And we are now in the fourfold army in support of the Parivas Sutra. Uh, the first division was supportive statements, wherein the statements from the Bhagavatam uh, reinforced the Parivas Sutra. In the second division, which we are continuing today, uh, Sri Jiva Goswami is showing that Krishna is the uh, main subject of all the Bhagavatam's major dialogues. And then we will continue into the third and fourth divisions as we progress in discussing this fourfold army. So this section comprises Anuchetas 44 through 73. And we continue today with Anucheta 60. Narda sings the Leela of Krishna. In the following two verses spoken by Sri Vyasadeva, Sri Narada clearly refers to Krishna. I wander all over singing the leelas of Sri Hari, Krishna, while playing on his Veena instrument, which was given to me by the effulgent Lord Devadatta, and is adorned with the seven musical notes that embody Brahman in the form of sound. When I sing of the heroic deeds of the Lord, whose glory is most endearing, and whose feet are the source of all holy places, he quickly appears in my heart as if summoned by me. Uh, I'm going to take a short pause here and try to correct the problem. And we're back, continuing with the 60th Anucheta, which continues as follows. The effulgent Lord Deva can refer only to Sri Krishna, as it is well known from the Upari Bhaga of the Linga Purana, that it is he who personally gave the Vena to Narda. From the congruity of meaning, it naturally follows that the form of the Lord that appeared in Narada's heart is exactly that in which he gave him the Veena. Remembering the gift of the Veena bestowed upon him by Sri Krishna, Narada used the compound Devadatta given by the effulgent Lord, specifically out of the deliberation on him.
So we can see here that specific um, manifestation of the Godhead, which Nard is praising and singing about is Bhagavan Sri Krishna. Again, it's important to us to recognize as Gaudiya Vaishnavas that Jiva Goswami's conclusions regarding the Srimad Bhagavatam are specifically in line with the understanding of the Brahma Madhva Gaudiya Sampradaya. Not all Sampradayas uh, will read the verses of the Bhagavat Purana and come away with the same understanding. Uh, we do believe we have uh, uh, some inside understanding um, in when we study Srimad Bhagavatam and um, still we are as Gaudiya's um, very, very broad re reach of the Gaudiya Sampradaya uh, allows for other interpretations and other underst understandings and worship of other manifestations of, the, of Sri Krishna, who we understand is the, um, the top of the hierarchy. But if others want to see and understand things in a different manner, um, uh, we're not uh, adverse to that. Although we may want to try to um, uh, sway them to our uh, understanding uh, through sound logic and reasoning. And Sri Jiva Goswami is the foremost in uh, this art. A little from the commentary here. The story of Narada taking music lessons from Krishna and his wives, Jambavati, Satyabhama, and Rukmini is described in the Linga Purana. We go on to the 61st Anacheda. Narada instructs Vyas regarding Krishna. Therefore, the following verse is to be explained precisely in the same manner as referring to Sri Krishna alone. O Vyas of unfailing vision, through self-inquiry, Atmana, know yourself, Atmanam, to be an expansion of the Supreme Person, the eminent self of all creation. Although unborn, he has taken birth for the welfare of the world. Therefore, describe extensively his divine play, whose majesty is supreme above all. Since the majority of you are very much familiar with um, the content of the Srimad Bhagavatam, uh, you know, we will not go into deep detail here, but this verse from the fifth chapter um, is simply referring to Narda's enthusing Srila Vyasudeva uh, to enter deeply into samadhi and in that samadhi um, come away with a solution to his discontent 
And that solution, of course, is giving the highest regard to Bhagavan Sri Krishna in the Bhagavat Purana, a rewriting of the Bhagavat Purana specifically for that purpose. Uh, that would completely satisfy him. The Anacheta continues. Jiva Goswami writes, Oh, you of unfailing vision, though set through self-inquiry, know yourself to be an expansion, or in other words, a portion of the Supreme Person. Additionally, you should also know that although he is unborn, he has just appeared in the form of Sri Krishna for the welfare of the world. Knowing these two truths, you should describe extensively the divine play of Sri Krishna alone, whose majesty is supreme above all, meaning that the prowess exhibited by him exceeds even that of all other avatars and avatars. Since you yourself are Ishwara, you should not display <clears throat> your Maya in the form of self-ignorance. This is the intended sense. So this is interesting that Nard is pointing out to Veda Vyas that he is a Kala expansion, an Amsa of Bhagavan Sri Krishna. So you're not, he's telling him you're not just any, anybody, not just any normal jiva you're actually an expansion of the Supreme Lord himself, and you are empowered. So utilize your power and empowerment and the energies of Sri Krishna to understand comprehensively through samadhi, the divine leelas of the Supreme Lord, and then make those leelas available to human society. This would be the, the topmost gift that you could give, which would far exceed all the gifts you've already given in making available for, to human society um, in a written form, uh, the Vedas, the Puranas, the Mahabharata, all the Upanishads, Vedanta, <clears throat> sutra, etc. So, uh, in other words, you're feeling discontent. Now, utilize, understand your real position. Don't act like you're ignorant. There's no possibility of you being ignorant because you are an expansion of Krishna, and you are empowered by him. So, following my instruction, use your empowerment and um, do this service. This, this will satisfy you. When you let everyone in human society know the position of Bhagavan Sri Krishna as the topmost manifestation of divinity and his unalloyed devotion 
the topmost attainment. Love for him is the topmost attainment. The Vedas may point in so many different directions in order to satisfy so many desires that have come in relationship to the material energy and then culminate in relief from material suffering entirely, artha, dharma, kama, moksha, all this is there comprehensively presented. You've already done that. Now give them that fifth purusharta, prem prayojan. Um, this will fully satisfy um, the necessity of humanity and fully satisfy the discontent that you currently feel. Yanacheta continues, consequently, for the sake of manifesting the Bhagavat Purana, Sri Narada instructed Sri Vyas exclusively in the Sri Krishna mantra, which consists of the names of four expansions, Chaturvyuha. In doing so, the supremacy of the worshiper of Sri Krishna is also pointed out, as stated below. Obeisances unto you, O Bhagavan Vasudeva. We meditate upon you. Obeisances also unto Pradyumna, Aniruddha, and Sankarshan. One who thus worships the master of sacrifice, whose form consists of mantra, and who is devoid of material form, by uttering the above names, is certainly endowed with complete vision. The meaning is self-evident. So here in the Srimad Bhagavatam is narrated the, the Krishna mantra that Narda bestowed upon his disciple, Srila Vyasudeva. And in this mantra is actually the Supreme Lord himself. Some commentary in this regard, the mantra given by Narada to Vyas specifically addresses Sri Krishna along with his three expansions in the form of his brother, son, and grandson. He is referred to here as Mantra Murti, indicating that he is realized through the form of the mantra. The mantric vibration or linguistic pulsation is non-different from him since he is identical with his name. That this mantra pertains exclusively to Krishna and not to some other form of Bhagavan is confirmed by the sage Karabhajana, who, while describing the form of Bhagavan that manifests in the Dwarpa age, recited the following mantra. I offer obeisances unto Vasudeva, Sankarshan, Prajumna, and Aniruddha, I offer obeisance unto you, O Bhagavan. So we see repeatedly throughout the Bhagavat Purana that the primary istadeva of the majority of the speakers of the various narrations within Srimad Bhagavatam is Bhagavan Sri Krishna. And although in the narrations, other manifestations of him 
may be apparently may apparently be addressed or being addressed. Uh, really, it is Krishna alone who the prayers are intended for. So the intent of the prayers is Sri Krishna, even though other manifestations of the Lord may be mentioned. Because as Sri Jiva points out repeatedly in this portion of the Krishna Sandarbha, um, the nature of the prayers and the narrations and the context, all, all that points to Bhagavan Sri Krishna and no other manifestation, even if another manifestation is apparently being addressed. Continue to the 63rd Anucheda. Krishna is the sole aim of Brahma. Next, it is shown that Sri Krishna is the sole aim of Sri Brahma, who spoke as follows to Sri Narada. Another dialogue from Brahma to Narada. To dispel the misery of the earth, which will be oppressed by the armies of the Asuras, Bhagavan himself, whose partial manifestation was white, has white and black hair, and whose manner is beyond the scope of ordinary human beings, will personally appear and perform, action, perform actions that exhibit his superhuman glory. This is from the second Kato. Jiva writes in regards to this verse. To relieve the misery of the earth, which will be oppressed by the armies of the Asuras, he indeed, who transcends even Paramatma, and whose manner is thus beyond the scope of ordinary people like ourselves, will appear on earth and perform deeds. Who is this? It is he whose partial manifestation has black and white hair. And this points back to earlier discourse. The Anucheda continues in other scriptures, such as Vishnu Purana and Mahabharata, discussed in Anucheda 29. We find the widely known account of the Devas beholding Kashiro Dakshai Vishnu who exhibited white and black hair. Even that form, however, is merely a partial manifestation of he who is verily Swayam Bhagavan. Here, the inclusion of Sri Baladev in the description of Krishna's appearance is indicated because Krishna is never without him. The following doubt may be raised in this regard. How is it that this Bhagavan, who is superior even to the Purusha, will personally appear merely to relieve the burden of the earth? Jiva, therefore, addresses such a doubt that one may have. Anticipating such an objection, Brahma responds, he will also perform actions that exhibit his own superhuman glory 
meaning those actions that disclose the transcendental splendor of his supreme maleficness. And that are discussed extensively by his devotees. Although relieving the burden of the earth could easily be accomplished merely by his partial manifestation or even by a mere semblance of his will, yet he will appear with the intent of spreading the cloud bank of his divine play to show his own maleficenessness, Madhuri, bestowing bliss upon his devotees who subsist only on his lotus feet. This indeed is clearly expressed in the very next verse. Jiva continues and quotes from the second canto. To suck out the life of the demoness Putna, even while just a baby, to turn over a cart with his foot when he was only three months old, and to uproot two sky-piercing Arjuna trees, simply by crawling between them, are all otherwise unimaginable. The word ataratha otherwise implies that unless undertaking with the intent to disclose the transcendental splendor of his own maleficenessness, deeds such as sucking out Putin's life and so on are simply unimaginable, being performed by him while having assumed the delightful form and disposition of a tiny baby. Such implicit intent is the true purpose of his appearance. Since relieving the earth of its burden could be accomplished merely by his partial manifestation or even by a mere semblance of his will, such is the meaning of this verse. It's a rather long Anucheta, uh, but I believe it's quite clear. Jiva's intent here to let us know beyond any doubt that uh, relieving a, the burden of the earth uh, or reestablishing the principles of religion are simply secondary aspects of the Lord's uh, advent. In a similar vein, Jiva continues, we may consider the following verse spoken by Arjuna. This avataric descent of yours is undertaken with the intention of ridding the earth of her burden and to perform such acts that will impel your own people and those who are exclusively devoted to you to meditate ceaselessly on you. He then quotes Sridhar Swami. Swami Pad himself comments in this regard. Krishna asked, it is not possible is it not possible for the earth's burden to be removed merely by my will? To this, Arjuna replies, and to impel your own people to meditate ceaselessly on you. So we can see that such continual meditation on the leelas of the Lord uh, is the primary objective. And even though many places in scripture 
It's mentioned that the Lord comes to relieve the burden of the earth, reestablish religious principles. Uh, such, such statements in scripture um, are, are merely the outside um, appearance. Such, such dealing with such matters on the material plane can be easily accomplished just by the Lord's willing it. Uh, he doesn't need to make an avataric descent, but he's drawn to display his lilas coming into the worlds. Um, he's drawn to that by the prem bhakti of his devotees. He, he fulfills their desire to have his association. He fulfills their ambition to enter into his eternal lila by performing, uh, by coming in uh, and displaying his earthly lila we can enter. We can enter through the pages of the Bhagavatam. And for those that have advanced uh, up to the stage of bhava and are entering into the into prem, uh, they can personally observe uh, some of those devotees um, who did not perfect their life, take birth in the heavenly realm. They're even invited into the into the Leela through the forms of the Lord's eternal associates. So in so many ways, the Lord is, is drawn to the loving devotion of his devotees. And this is seen by Gaudiya Vaishnavas as the primary intent of the Lord's avataric descent. Um, The Anacheta continues. The next verse is also relevant to the context. This is from the 10th canto. All glories to Sri Krishna, the shelter of all beings, who, although unborn, is said to have taken birth from Devaki, who was encircled by the very best of the Atavas. By his own arms, he dispelled all irre irreligiosity. He removes the misery of all mobile and immobile beings. By his beautiful smiling face, he aroused amorous feelings in the hearts of the women of Raj and Mathura. Here also, Sridhar Swami comments, even though he is fully capable of dispelling irreligiosity merely by his will, yet for the sake of his divine play, it is said that he did so with his arms. Therefore, on the basis of such verses, it is perfectly clear that Brahma was also absorbed in describing the most wonderful leelas of Sri Krishna alone. What more need be said when Brahma himself prays in the following manner? I would deem it in my, my I would deem it my great fortune 
to take even a lowly birth here in this forest of Vraj, so that I might be showered with the dust of the feet of any of the residents of Gokula, whose feet, whose life and totality is Bhagavan Sri Krishna, the bestower of liberation, Mukunda, the dust of whose feet is sought by the Shrutis even to this very day. We've also heard a similar prayer from Uddhava when he was granted a similar uh, entrance into uh, Raj directly by Krishna. Brahma's entrance was kind of self-imposed. Uddhava's was, came to him in the form of instruction from Krishna, but the result of both of their encounters with uh, Vraj and their observance of the Lord's devotees there and the Lord's leelas there uh, was that they understand the exalted position of all the residents and the Lord's eternal associates who descend with him. And uh, they desired somehow or other to, to simply take the dust from these eternal residents. And this is, this is the path that Gaudiya Vaishnavas aspire to, Raganuga Bhakti. We want to follow the path of the Lord's eternal associates. We want to become their Das, Das, Anu Das. We want to enter into that domain uh, by becoming the servant of the servant of the Lord's eternal uh, servants. So this is quite unique. Nadanam Najanam Nasundarim Kavitram Vajagad Ish Kamaye Mama Janmani Janmani Swari. Sri Shaitanya himself prays that uh, I have no desire for this common religiosity of the world, even up to the point of liberation. Um, rather, I be born again and again. Um, I only want to be such a servant as these servants, as the servants that are your eternal associates. So both Brahma and Uddhava are, are exemplars in this regard. A little bit from Sachinarayan Das Babaji's commentary on this extensive Anucheta by Jiva Goswami. In this Anucheta, Sri Jiva analyzes the intention of Brahma. Once Narada approached his father, father Brahma, praising him as the creator of the universe and questioning him regarding the nature of the universe and Brahman. Tellingly, Narada admitted that though he was unaware of anyone equal or superior to Brahma, he was yet puzzled why even someone, someone of his stature was compelled to undergo penances. 
Brahma responded to this in chapters 5, 6, and 7 of the second canto. In his explanation of these verses, Sri Jiva makes it clear that the real purpose of Krishna's appearance was not to relieve the earth of unrighteous kings, but to perform acts that disclose his supreme madhurya and that impel constant remembrance in his devotees. This is also stated in the context of the Rasa Leela. Out of compassion for all sentient beings, Krishna took shelter of the human form and enacted such divine play upon hearing which one becomes exclusively devoted to him. This is a verse from this Bhagavat Purana's 10th canto, 33rd chapter. A little bit more here. In conclusion, Sri Jiva cites another verse from the 10th canto prayers of Brahma to Krishna. Therein, Brahma expresses his wish to be born even as a creeper in Vrindavan, so that he may be graced with the dust from the feet of the residents of Raj. He considers such a birth to be the greatest fortune that could befall him, Bori Bhagya. This makes his intention unmistakably clear. We continue into the 64th Anucheta. Krishna is the speaker of the Bhagavat's four seed verses. This is a extremely long Anucheta dealing with an extremely deep subject and bringing out the instructions of Krishna directly to Lord Brahma, uh, constituting the first speaking of the Srimad Bhagavatam. In a similar manner, the Bhagavan, who is the speaker of the four seed verses of Bhagavat Purana, is indeed Sri Krishna. This can be understood from the following statement, which serves as a prelude to those verses. There in Vaikuntha, Sri Brahma beheld the omnipotent Lord, Vibhu, the protector of all the sattvatas, the husband of the goddess of fortune, Sri, the master of sacrifice, and the Lord of the cosmos, who was being served by his chief personal attendants, headed by Sunanda, Nanda, Prabhala, and Arhana. So this, as, it, as Jiva unfolds, you will see his extraordinary arguments in support of this key understanding that it was Bhagavan Sri Krishna himself whom Brahma saw, and who instructed Brahma. So his transcendental vision, the result of his samadhi, uh, resulted in darshan with the Supreme Lord, and the manifestation of the Supreme Lord, which Brahma beheld, was Bhagavan Sri Krishna. Although the verses may seem to indicate uh, other manifestations of the Lord 
uh, Jiva is going to give us the Gaudiya perspective here. In this verse, the ver word sattvatam refers to the heroes of the Yadu clan, and hence the phrase Akila Sattvatam Pati means the lord or protector of all the Yadu heroes, specifically Sri Krishna. This intention is validated by its correspondence with the following verse, also spoken by Sri Sukha, in the second canto, may Bhagavan, who is the husband of Sri, the goddess of beauty, the master of sacrifice, the lord of all created beings, the ruler of all intellects, the overseer of the universes, the sustainer of the earth, the protector and refuge of the Andakas, Vrishnis, and Sattvatas, and the support of the devotees, please be gracious to me. Shastra Yukti here at its uh, supreme. Jiva continues. For this reasoning, it is concluded that the omnipotent Lord Vibhu, whom Brahma beheld and who subsequently revealed to him the Bhagavad's four seed verses is Sri Krishna. This understanding also accords with Sri Krishna's own statement to Uddhava in the third canto. Previously, at the dawn of creation, that supreme knowledge which reveals my glory and which great sages call the Srimad Bhagavat was spoken by me to the unborn Brahma, who was seated on a lotus that had sprung from my navel. Jiva continues, the Gopal Tapani Upanishad also confirms that it was Krishna himself who instructed Brahma, as in the following verse. A person inspired, aspiring for liberation should take shelter of that supreme deva who illumines the self and the intellect, who brought forth Brahma at the beginning of creation, and who, as Sri Krishna, imparted knowledge unto him. That it was Krishna who spoke the Bhagavad to Brahmas is confirmed by the fact that according to the following statement of the Gopal Tapani Upanishad itself, in some particular kalpa, Sri Krishna displayed his very own cowherd form to Brahma at the onset of creation. And Jiva quotes another verse from the Gopal Tapani Upanishad. He, Brahma, replied, O Brahmanas, Sonika, and so on, during the first half of my life, I meditated upon him and of my life. Hmm. I'm sorry, I miscopied that, but anyway. I meditated upon him and praised him constantly. Then at the end of one parada, after 50 years of Brahma's life, at the end of his night, that supreme Purusha awoke from his sleep 
of supercognitive absorption, yoga nidra, nidra, and appeared before me as a cowherd boy. The same conclusion that Krishna spoke, the Bhagavat to, Bra to Brahma, is also verified by the fact that his abode will be established later in Anucheta 106 as Maha Vaikuntha, thy Vaikuntha wherein Brahma beheld the omnipotent Lord Vibhu. Then Jivas quotes the Brahma Samhita. Then Brahma, the four-faced receptacle of the four Vedas, appeared there on the lotus sprouted from the navel of Bhagavan, coming into existence and being impelled to his destiny. By the potency of Bhagavan, he focused his mind on the intent to create, according to the past impressions stored in his unconscious. In that moment, however, he perceived only darkness, all around and nothing else. Suddenly, Bhagavan's divine voice spoke, addressing him, Re receive now this mantra. It consists of the seed word of the mantra, Kambij, Klim, followed by Krishnaya, Govindaya, and Gopijana, Vallabhaya, and terminating with the word Swaha, Literally, literally, Vani Priya, the wife of the fire god, Agni, who is named Swaha. This mantra will grant whatever you cherish as most dear. Through meditation on this mantra, be now engaged in penance. In penance, be now engaged. In doing so, Your perfection will come to be. Thereafter, Brahma engaged in penance for a very long time, delighting the imperishable Govinda, Brahma Samhita. In regards to the phrase, Sunandananda Prabhalar Hanadibi, from the principal verse under discussion, it is to be known that during Krishna's appearance at Dwarka, Prabhala and other personal attendants were present along with Sunanda Ananda, whose names have been mentioned in that context, as stated in the first canto. And what of the other chief sattvatas headed by Sunanda and Nanda? Jiva then continues, what more need be said? In spite of the existence of innumerable avatars and avataris, it is seen right from the beginning of this great Purana, Sri Bhagavat, that the aim of Sri Sunaka and the other sages 
was fixed exclusively on Sri Krishna. In this regard, they had remarked, paraphrasing their words from Srimad Bhagavatam, although we have just inquired in a general way about the ultimate welfare, the essence of all scriptures, and the cause of the supreme fulfillment of the self. Yet all of this, indeed, you can disclose to us simply by narrating the divine leela, the play of Sri Krishna. With this intention, Sonika declared in the very next verse, O Sutta, you may be blessed with all auspiciousness. I'm sorry, may you be blessed with all auspiciousness. You know with what intent Bhagavan Sri Krishna, the protector of the sattvatas, appeared from Devaki, the wife of Vasudeva. The benediction, may you be blessed with all auspiciousness, is expressed because of the enthusiasm that arose in connection with the question regarding Sri Krishna's Leela. The word Bhagavan here refers to the original avatari, Krishna himself, who is self-endowed with complete majesty, Purna Ashvarya. He is the master of the Sattvatas, or in other words, of the Yadavas. The correct form of the word should have been Sattvatanam instead of Sattvatam. The ab absence of the Nut Agama is an archaic usage, Arsa. The word Jata took birth means he became visible to the world. So quite a bit to unpack there, but the key intent of Jiva in this extensive Anacheta is to provide us entrance into the esoteric mystery of Brahma receiving the four seed verses of the Bhagavatam directly from Bhagavan Sri Krishna at the onset of creation. And uh, the Bhagavatam supports this understanding in numerous places. This not understanding also is there in the Gopal Tapani Upanishad, uh, wherein the, the nature of the Gopal mantra is completely unpacked and it's Brahma receiving its benedictions is uh, explained. Commentary, at first glance, this statement appears somewhat paradoxical because it suggests a distinction between Bhagavan, the speaker of the four seed verses, and Krishna, who is signified by them. However, instead of proceeding to prove that Krishna alone is the sole intent of Bhagavan, as he did with the other principal speakers of the Bhagavat, Sri Jiva devotes the rest of this Anacheda to prove that Krishna himself is the Bhagavan who disclosed the four seed verses to Brahma. By this, 
it also becomes self-evident that Bhagavan Krishna's aim is he himself. This parallels Krishna's own statement in the Gita by all the Vedas, I alone am to be known. Indeed, I am the author of the Vedanta and the knower of the Vedas. We'll finish up with the 65th Anucheta. And this will be a, a jumping off point for Jiva Goswami's entrance into um, a detailed unpacking of the initial inquiries made of Sutta Goswami by Sunaka on behalf of the sages of Namasharanya. And those principal questions uh, which were answered and how all those answers are in relationship to Bhagavan Sri Krishna. So from the first canto, first chapter, 13th verse, my dear Sutta, please disclose to us who are eager to hear from you that intent of he whose avataric descent is meant for the protection and prosperity of all beings. So it's, it's a general question. Jiva uh, Goswami quotes Sridhar Swami, Swami Pod comments, the word Anga here means, O Sutta, the clause Tanno Nuvarnayitum Arhasi, Literally means it behooves you to disclose to us that intent of he whose avataric descent in general is meant for protection, keshmaya, and prosperity, bhavaya. So a little entrance here and then something to look forward to in the next discussion. The final verse quoted in Anacheta 64. Srimad Bhagavatam 1.1.12 introduces a new subject. So from the last Anucheta, the final verse that Jiva quoted, he introduced there a new subject. The Bhagavat's opening conversation in which, in which six questions are posed by Sunaka to Sutta Goswami. These verses form the topic to be discussed over the next nine anuchetas. The questions or requests are as follows. What is the ultimate welfare for humanity? What is the essential engagement outlined in scripture by which the self can attain complete fulfillment? With what intent did Krishna appear from Devaki, the wife of Vasudeva? Please describe Krishna's magnanimous acts. Please describe 
the various avatars of Krishna, after Krishna's return to his own abode, where has Dharma taken shelter? The reply to these six questions forms the basis of the entire Bhagavat Purana. Among them, the last four questions are directly related to Krishna. He comments that because Sunaka's intent was to hear exclusively about Krishna, his conviction was that the answer to his first two questions could be fulfilled simply by Sutta's narrating the divine play, Leela, of Sri Krishna. Consequently, in the next four questions, he directly inquires only about Krishna. Being extremely eager to hear about him, he pronounces blessings on Sutta in verse 1112. It is unusual for a student to offer blessings to his own teacher, but this was done out of Sunak's sheer outpouring of enthusiasm from Sunaka's questions it is unmistakably evident that the subject of the Bhagavat is Sri Krishna. So we'll enter into Jiva Goswami's utilization of these six questions to further support the Pariva Sutra as soldiers would in a division of the army which is the metaphor being applied here to this uh, section of the Krishna Sandarbha. So we will wrap there for today. And if anyone has any specific question, we can address that. Otherwise, I sincerely thank you for this opportunity afforded by your association. Vanchakalpatubhyascha, Kripasin Vivacha, Patitanam, Pabanebhyo, Vaishnavidyanamo Namaha. Thank you so very much. Hare Krishna.